Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross, alongside my man Jack McKenzie and you. And uh, man, so today I want to get into the new look Big 12. Now that it's official, it is officially here for football that once Texas got beat, the new Big 12 is here. Uh, so, and I started I started seeing on social media, and you could take this with a grain of salt because we all know the dysfunction chaos that social media is. And while it is loud and, and the noise coming out of there um, touches a lot of people, at the end of the day, it's just a small group of noise that you got to decipher through. So what you see on social media not necessarily uh, is, is depicted in outside of that. So you started seeing a lot of smoke come about the new Big 12, the no brands, what's it going to be? You started seeing social media essentially start crapping on the new Big 12. Mm-hmm. And... You knew it was coming. Everybody knew this was going to come. Uh, But I I think that this is something that Brett Yormark and them were aware of, clearly aware of. And I wanted to get into how they navigate this new look Big 12. How can you make the product that you're going to have similar to what you see from the Pop-Tarts Bowl, from the Duke's Mayo Bowl, where you have teams that are playing in these bowl games that aren't necessarily your blue bloods, right? Right. But they are fun. Everything about it is fun. It's exciting. Um, you have ways to turn the trends and, and make everything for your conference seem better. How does the Big 12 navigate this new landscape where you have the Big 10 and the SEC who are full of these blue bloods? They're going to be so much more uh, financially stable than you are in the long run. How can the Big 12 right now market what they have and keep it where this is a fun league who has good football compared to these blue bloods and no brands that they have. Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious answer is you just got to lean into what's already kind of built up as a identity as a crazy conference. Right, it's yeah. like, you know, it used to be the offense, and while that's kind of come down a little, people are still high on this. It's a knife fight of a conference. You don't really know who's going to win. Um, I mean, just just look at how every year there's someone in the conference title game. You just did not expect to be there. I also think it's a good mix of like, you've got a favorite who's usually there, like a team you can kind of predict to be there. And then they're playing someone who you just wouldn't think would be there. And every now and then that team that you wouldn't think would be there wins. Um, I think that's, it's only going to go further towards unpredictable. Now that Texas and OU are out. Um, I also think that you need to play up that like you're seeing programs cycle through phases of like, you know, Baylor and TCU were not historically great programs and they started running the conference for a bit. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Now at Kansas State was good. They dipped a little. Now they're back up. Kansas has been oh, terrible, man. and yeah. now they're now they're looking like they're building towards being title contenders in the conference. I think you have to play up that it truly is in a time when it looks like college football is trying to limit the ability for any team to win championships. It looks like a conference that is going against that grain, right? A conference that is built around. Everyone has a shot. Everyone will get a shot. People aren't going to run away and run this conference. Um, I really think you kind of have to lean into not being the conference for everyone. I think you need to lean into being the conference for college football fans. Yeah. Like the Uh, niche. Yeah. So you're going to have to take a step up in pageantry, get to that SEC level. That way you can provide the pageantry, the tradition to go along with the craziness and, and the anybody can win on any given Saturday kind of thing that is fading from the bigger conferences. Um, That way you give that taste of everything that you're, your typical college football fan loves because while there is, there's always going to be a generation aging out, a younger generation is being raised by that generation. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that there's necessarily diminishing returns there. Um, it's something you got, you got to be wary of diminishing returns there, but I, I do think that it can keep itself alive. See, and I think that's a good point. I think that's a great starting point for the big 12 is, like okay, so you look at the Big Ten now, and you look at the SEC. While both of those those leagues have traditionally been separated, top heavy, it's only going to get worse. Like you legitimately can't tell me that Kentucky has a shot, South Carolina has a shot to even come close to ever winning the SEC. Like it's not going to happen. And honestly, it's going to be a struggle for those teams to ever even get into the playoff. Like they struggle getting into the four team while we are expanding to 12. You're bringing in better programs into those leagues. It's going to be even more difficult, even though the playoff is expanded for them uh, to contend. You know, you can make Iowa. You could you can name a numerous of of programs, but in the Big 12, you can't. All right. So you look at this year in the Big 12. Houston sucked, right? Like Houston was at the bottom of the barrel. You made the coaching change with Willie Fritz. You can't tell me that a guy like Willie Fritz isn't going to be able to build a program at Houston within the next couple of years that can go from the bottom of the barrel to winning and competing. You know, and that's that's the beauty of the Big 12 is legitimately everybody can win a championship, and it's going to be fun. Also think right now if you're the Big 12, and especially going into this first year, uh, you have an opportunity to do what the Pac-12 did last year where they marketed themselves as the overall best conference because of the quarterback play, man. Like, if yeah. you think about the quarterback play that's going to be in the Big 12 next year, just from an excitement standpoint, Noah Fafita, you got Noah Fafita, Jalen Daniels, Daquan Finn, when he gets here at Baylor, I think that could be fun. We don't, we need to see that first, but that's just an option that's out there. Avery Johnson, Shadur Sanders, Jaden Rashada. Like there's some talent here. And I think if you market it right, because the quarterback position being the most electrifying and dynamic that you have, and you have a bulk of these guys, yep. I think that's a great starting point next year because you're going to have some games, dude. Like, okay. I think you're going to see a lot of regular <laughs> season games in the big 12 resemble what you saw really the past two years with Kansas and bowl games, like with Arkansas. And then in this past year, where it is going down to the wire, it's elite, it's shootouts. I think if you market it around that, that's a great starting point for this conference heading into next year. And an advantage from um, the the main position that you have over a lot of these other conferences as we start. Yeah. And so, like, another thing here, and this is something that the Big 12 
hasn't dealt with before as it's expanded is every time that it's grown and it's brought in new teams, those teams have come up from the a, a different level where there was a great adjustment period. Like you had to bulk up in the trenches and everything. Man, you're bringing in Arizona, who legitimately right now on paper could be the front runner. You're yep. bringing in Utah. like So I think that's something to watch, too, because it's not going to be a dissolved product. It's going to be like legitimate pound for pound, everybody competing. And I think that's another thing that they could use to kind of set lay the groundwork and the foundation of this new conference. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I do think that part of an important part of the next couple of years is truly making those new additions feel integrated, Mm -hmm. um, which means a combination of them having success, but not too much success. Um, And then also making sure that none of them just falls away. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's very important also for the new members that started this year um, who all did struggle football wise outside of maybe UCF, who frankly could have had a better year if they had, didn't have uh, Plumlee injured yeah. early, um, but it, it will be very important for those schools to to seem in the mix, um, as well as the schools that struggled more this year, like a like a, a Baylor or TCU, mm-hmm. to have a seven eight win year here in the next couple of years, just so it it seems like you truly are cycling through. Everyone's going to have down years. Everyone's going to have up years, um, and not seem like they're is much of a pecking order right. forming in the conference. I, I think I'm just going to end up harping a lot on that uh, in this video. It's just, I, I truly think that that is something that can set them apart. Mm. Um, and that's all just laying a baseline of, of the on the field stuff. Um, but getting back to like the original idea you kind of brought for this, this video is like how do you become like the pop tarts bowl yeah. of conferences because everyone saw how how much engagement there was how much excitement and energy there was when you lean into maybe some like gen z humor that's like really kind of dark right. um and it, it's like self-effacing dark humor um and I'm just trying to think of what what could that be on a conference level? What 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 could be fun and capture maybe a younger or just more socially social media active kind of demographic? I think the marketing aspect and the Big Twelve has done a great job of marketing itself. I think that finding new ways and they've shown that they can adapt and they're well aware of of how to navigate different markets. I think being able to do that. I also think. While it died off some this year, and rightfully so, just because the wins weren't there, if you bring in Deion Sanders, like that right there is something you could use to market yourself to the younger generation as well and make everything fun. I I think that's a good thing. I also think, and I really feel like, I know that the Big 12 came out and said there was a scheduling discrepancy or whatever for the the media days, but I think finding ways to get out in Vegas and, and take advantage of that market like you're going to do, I don't necessarily agree that it was a, a scheduling thing. I think that was something maybe that they kind of looked at as this is an untapped area right now because SEC moved into the to Dallas, Get right? Get there before the Big Ten. Get there and establish yourself because that's Big Ten country right now. So I te- I mean, kind of it, with with USC and all of them out there. Arizona. I, I Arizona understand, State, but it, it's Colorado, kind of a fringe Utah. thing. Do you know what I mean from a 
what brand I'm saying, what I'm standpoint. Saying is it's no one's territory, and that's why it's smart to go Correct. right now. Because the brands are going to have that if they jump on it before you. So I think being able to kind of utilize that, um, utilize your connections, and, and and be able to do, I think you can create that, plus with the style of play you're going to have on the field, I think that goes hand-in-hand hand into marketing yourself for this new era. Well, I think there's something interesting there with the, the style of play on the field that you mentioned, because I don't feel like the style of play is as unified as it had been back in like, I don't know, that that nice like late 2000s, early 2010s era of like mm. everyone is running the spread. Everyone is putting points up in crazy numbers. Um, and to a certain extent, I think it would be good to have a couple teams really get back to that. Yeah. A couple teams. Um, you want to have, I think, I think it's bad for conferences to have just one type of ball. I think it's bad for the big 10 that people think big 10 football right. is just this like Run ugly, and ugly game yeah. and a lot of punts and not met, not that many points. Um, I think it's bad for the sec when they went through that and then they've been going through spread it out. Like they, they were like five years behind the big 12 on that, but they did it better. Because, like, let's be real, they did it better. Um, not as always entertaining, but more wins. Right. Um, I think it's better to have a diverse group of play styles inside your conference. I think it caters to more people. I think it offers more intriguing matchups. Because, like, do you want to tell me you're not intrigued by the national title game this year in terms of the styles of Michigan's slow, control the oh, clock, yeah. grind it out, and Washington's like, we're going to bomb it on you. Like, good luck. Yeah. I, I think that's a truly interesting kind of premise to get people hooked into a game. It, it's, I think any game should be able to hold itself on its own unless it's a blowout. Like, I think the key is getting people to sit down, turn on the TV, and watch, and like, choose to watch your game and so i think not that you can control any of this as a conference but i think that is a way the big 12 could focus their marketing is focus on hey we've got this different style we've got that different style uh we'll do this fun thing and that fun thing mm-hmm. um beyond that i think the big 12 is already taking great steps towards being more interactively fun um where it's not necessarily just on-field stuff like the Pop-Tarts mascot in the bowl game. Like, the 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 Big 12 Pro Day idea. Y- yes. I know, we, I know we, we, like, loved that when it first came down, but I feel like that's got, kind of gone out of, out of the view. But just the idea of you're going to have all your best players display their athleticism in a single place, and you can make almost, like, a fair out of it, like right. a fan fair out of it. I think that's a really great idea. And, I mean, we were talking about how, like, we need to get on the phone with your mark because if you can have a leaderboard where you've got fans running 40s outside yeah, and yeah. you can plug them into the leaderboard of the actual athletes' 40s, <laughs> yes. like, I think that would be really funny. I think it would be awesome to see some high school kid who's a fan of, like, I don't know, BYU go out there and run faster than, I don't know, Utah's D-lineman. Right, right. Which, Obviously, yeah, you're not going to run faster than Utah's fastest guys, but like the bragging rights that are out, like I run faster than your D line and shut up, stuff like that. Like really engage the fans in different ways. And so it's those outreach kind of things that I think will be important. I think they're doing a good job of it already, man, because if you look at the past couple of years, uh, even like the the basketball tournament um, 
and and the the championship games, they've done a good job of it. Like, okay, so you had the WWE this thing this year, this for the football. You've had DJ Diesel, Shaq, and all them coming out for the basketball. I think if you continue to do that and build on it, um, it can work. I also think while it's cool that they're doing those things, I think you got to find a way to get more modern with it because like Nelly's cool and everything, but like it's been a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like I think finding new ways and quirky ways to get newer people in. Um, that are more adaptable and recognizable by the younger generation would help as well. I honestly think that's a phase of your Mark's plan right. is that I think he has to convince decision makers that they're doing something. Yeah. And so he has to get names. Those decision makers recognize, right. Right. Uh, Cause you can't count on like bringing in to throw out a name, Tate McRae. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't like, I don't um, like she's she's got a single going viral on TikTok right now, um, and probably many. Like I don't even think I'm too in the know about her, but hot young recording artists. And if you bring in her, you're gonna get a bunch of like the younger high school college age demographics loving it. But is that gonna move? Like is that gonna get up to the C level suite? It might not be, but, and I don't know how you could do this or even if so, you like, could. eventually you want to get there, but right now I think you've got to bring in the older, more established ones like Nelly to get the people in the C-suites to be like, oh yeah, you're doing I, something and then we trust you. What I would do if I was your mark is I would, I would hit up the people at Cincinnati or whatever, and I am getting through Travis Kelsey and I'm getting T Swizzy out there and rocking it. Like, dude, if you were able to pull that off, like you already have a foot in the door. Like, I think, you know, that's that's another thing. That's a whole different animal. That's, but, a, that's a whole different animal, especially going to try and, like, get a guy who'd never played in the yeah, conference. I know. I know. Um, you're absolutely right. They need but to be asking. But you even have the tech they aspect. Probably have, I, I would hope they have already asked, especially since, like, I mean, we already know Taylor sells out, yeah. like, AT&T on her own easily, much more easily than the Big 12 does. Right, right. Um, So... Like, if you could get her to play the halftime show at a Big 12 championship game or something like that, I don't know, sing the national anthem. Yeah, like something, right. Something. Like I, that, would, that would go a massively long way. Problem yeah. is, I almost feel like you have to get Cincinnati to be played in that game. Yeah, I know. So at this point, okay, so the Big 12 is going to be in a significant financial disadvantage as far as on the field and how they handle that, especially in five years. Like, like once five years is up and these big 10 and sec schools because are racking year year, up the yeah. money. Like when, so, Van, when Vanderbilt over the course of five years is twice exactly. as much money than you like, like, what the hell? Like, okay. So at that point, that's when I think the marketing, like you're going to have to find a way outside of the game itself to, to overcome that. I think they will, but how, how do you see the Big 12 looking like right now and going forward? And and how how can they – I mean, just what do you make of it right now? Like going forward, the future of the Big 12, how confident are you in its success and its ability to grow and reach different generations? Oh, man. I feel a certain level of confidence in the Big 12 as far as just realignment stability because – of Florida State getting snubbed from the playoff. Yeah, I, yep. I do feel confident that the Big 12 will end up being the best outside of the power two, like the best conference I agree outside that. of the power two, frankly, because I, I don't have faith in the ACC being able to cope no. once one team leaves, more teams are going to leave. That's, that, be that's like my pack. view. Yeah. Um, 
as far as reaching other generations and like continuing to develop that on one level you're bringing in you're bringing in big state schools that's going to help mm-hmm. you're going to get people who their memories are of going to college or growing up rooting for a big 12 rooting for a team in the big 12 going to a college in the big 12 you that you're part of that big 12 life uh if you're into sports at those colleges um you're going to need basketball is going to need to that's, play a big that's role. That's where I was going to go. Just because that's what's going to keep you nationally relevant to every conversation. I don't it it might sound weird, people might not track with this line of thinking, but I don't think you can you can have the championship level program conversation about anything and not be thinking in the back of your head like, okay, this school is great at football, but this school is great at basketball. Right. This school is great at basketball. Like, what about football? So looking at that, like, the Big 12 needs to stay on top in basketball. They need to. The SEC is yeah. going to make a push there. Yep. And the, the Big 12 has to stay on top. That is their chip to stay in the game. If the Power 2 happens, they can try to close off football. They might be able to. But if they can also close off basketball, you're done. You're dead. Yeah, you're dead. Absolutely no way around it. So I, You know, that's a good point. And I think it helps because – from a basketball standpoint, when you were looking at, or especially this year when you were bringing in the new schools, like we knew Houston was going to be good. I was not expecting BYU to be as good as they are. Cincinnati is doing pretty good, and they they have history. Um, and UCS pretty good as well. So, and once you bring in those new schools, but you're you're right. I think that's the 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 fine line is you've got to find a way to market yourself, and they're doing a great job. As we are what traditional college football is, and we are hands down the best basketball conference. Um, last thing I got here, wait real quick on that. Like we are what traditional college football is. I think it would be smart, not necessarily to like do an attack ish campaign, but kind of just draw attention to the fact that the football is still traditional, right? We don't necessarily like the big 12 doesn't necessarily play up or have the pageantry traditions that the sec does. And some of the big 10 does, I wouldn't say all the big, no, it does not. Um, but the football itself feels more traditionally yeah. college. It does not feel like it is as semi-pro as these other places. It doesn't feel as much as of like a, this place is serving me to help me get to the NFL yeah. kind of thing. Maybe that's naive of me to say because on on a very clear level, it's that everywhere like every place is it everyone's paying players every player is trying to go to the pros and make as much money as they can both in the college level and at the pro level i just do think there is something about the the talent level being slightly lower that helps keep it feeling more like that i I can't say amateur at this point just more like that college level the traditional aspect of so i think you need to find ways to play that up without necessarily making it a head-to-head SEC Big Ten versus us kind of thing. Just be like, this is what we are. We are more this than anyone else, but that's not against them. Build yourself up with that. I also think they're going to have an advantage where, like, if you talk to a lot of recruits, they want to go play in the SEC or whatever, like yada, yada. But you're going to have an opportunity to reap the rewards of all those guys that early on are, are buying into that brainwash mentality and go play there. And then they're going to hit the portal after a couple of years and you're going to get some elite talent anyway. <clears throat> anyway, so you can capitalize off of that. The last thing I have on this, this topic would be 
do you see any new rivalries forming that the Big 12 can use to catapult itself or like all right for instance like can can West Virginia and Cincinnati become a rivalry that can get people in the Midwest excited that otherwise would be surrounded by like Big 10 schools does that make sense yeah um that one feels like a bit more of a long shot to yeah. me. Um, like I, I honestly almost think it's more realistic that Pitt joins the Big Twelve. I would love that, dude. Pitt, that Louisville, purpose, come on, rather than yeah. than Cincinnati and West Virginia getting their rivalry up to that point. Um, I feel like someone's going to pick a fight with UCF, or UCF is going to pick a fight with someone. Oh yeah, I just feel like that's yeah. going to happen. That's not me calling them like I don't know pugnacious or some crap. Like this, they are they a power. Get it, though they are a power, they get it. They, have a they chip. are the Florida school. Like they, they want the smoke. Yes. They want the success, and they, they, which means they want the smoke that comes with it. And I think they're ready to go after it completely. So I do think UCF's going to step up. I think that's going to be an interesting thing. Just because they are the southeastern team yeah. in in the Big Twelve, and what that means as far as the relation with the SEC, the competition with the SEC, and who they end up truly feeling like they're fighting with, mainly inside of the mm. Big Twelve, that will be something very interesting to see. I'm if I had to put money on who they end up kind of like having beef with. Yes. Oh man, I'm like I'm looking down the list of of Big Twelve schools right now. Is there one that stands out to you? Well, I think naturally you're going to have Houston, but I think that it could be Colorado because, and the reason I'm saying that is, Dion. As long as Dion is the coach there, he's going to want to go back to Florida. He's yeah. going to want to go recruit the hell out of Florida. Um, I think stylistically, those two programs could have a lot in common. Um, that could be one I could see that would form that you could have a lot of fun with. I'm actually thinking and I'm social media. They Utah. kill it on social media. BYU and Utah is definitely going to be the one. No, 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 well, I'm thinking UCF and Utah. I think Utah well, see, is going to keep going. I think they're going to be very opposite style programs. A grind it out. This is what we do. We are winners program versus uh, the we've got more talent than you. We're going to shit up. I, I would see, as far as Utah goes, I don't – I could see that. The one I'm eyeing for Utah is Kansas State. Like, I really think you could take Kansas State and Utah. They're so damn similar. There are so many similarities there. I think that's one that you could really get going. I think Kansas State-Colorado is That's the already that, going to, yeah. I Well, because they've got that – they've got history, but also because their coaches are so opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Like their programs are going in completely opposite directions as far as culture, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that both cultures can't win when I say that. Right. I mean, one is just, we're cool. We've got the hype. We know we are the shit. Yeah. And one is like, we win. Yeah. We're just like launch pills. Just, yeah. Come on. Let's play. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. It's going to be a lot of like, fun, I, man. So I, I truly think that one that one could pop early if Dion is making improvements at yeah. Colorado. 
If that's not going well, that's, that's going to fall flat on its face. Yeah. Everything with Colorado is going to fall flat on its face if they don't have the on-field success. They need to go bowling this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, otherwise, just obviously Holy War is going to be important to the yeah. conference. Like, it's one of the... That's the one you've got to like. One of the juiciest rivalries Yeah, you've got to put all your chips in on that one. Um, but I think it will be important to have a high-level rivalry. Not a rivalry of, oh, we're just both good right now, but a rivalry where both rivals end up being yeah. good at the same time. Yeah. If that means it's Kansas and Kansas State randomly, like just all of a sudden Kansas is the the power could, state man. in the conference, then like, cool. Let that let that be that. If it ends up being the best case scenario for the Big 12, and maybe this is selfish of me, would essentially be take what Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas Tech were that in 2008, get that out of Tech, TCU, and Baylor. Or yeah. Southern Oklahoma State. If you can get some kind of three-way tie with schools that are that close, that are like that have I been in the conference a for a that, while, though. I think that would be beautiful. I think that would be like, that would remind people of the craziest year of the conference that everyone loved and show they haven't lost the juice even though they've lost those two big brands that were in it. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of what we got this year. At the end, you know, you, you were looking a couple weeks out, and it was just a clog at the top, and you didn't know how it was going to shake out. No, I mean, I, I think that's going to be the beauty of the Big 12 is more likely than not, when it comes down to deciding who's going to be playing at wherever, AT&T Stadium, or if it ends up in Las Vegas, who knows. Um, it's going to be, dude, like where you're sorting out a handful of teams at the end to try to find it, and, and that's going to be the magic of the Big 12. Uh, I just... I think it's going to be fun, man. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to have the opportunity to cover it. It's going to be so much fun. And I, I really hope coaches don't turn over very quickly. I don't know that they will. Like, I, I hope Fritz gets... I, obviously, coaches have to turn over. There will be schools going two and something, three and something, four and something, and those coaches will probably be getting fired. I just... I hope Coach 10 years lo- lo- will be lasting like five, six years on average compared to like two years because they're just not getting it done, you know? Yeah, and I I think right now the only one I would kind of have pause on um, being around for a while in the Big 12 and the New Look Big 12 would be Jed Fish just because of what he's been able to do early on and and the ROI, dog. I'm thinking Dion. Well, he's one, too. I I think Dion. I think he's either going to crash in the next two years or succeed enough to move. Like I, I don't see him getting stagnant and that that's, an, that's an issue for the conference. I think they, they need to, they need to find ways to maximize the positives Dion gives them while yeah. he's still there. No, I agree with that. I, I just, I feel like with him, he he's more so got an ego and a chip on his shoulder where he wants to stay there and prove himself. Whereas Jed fish is a hot commodity where not only like other colleges, but I think the NFL will start calling Jed fish pretty soon. As well, so he's the one I would I would say kind of keep an eye on as far as the coach. But I, as far as like right now heading into next year, and you look at the coaches um, in the Big Twelve, I think there is going to be some stability. Maybe keep an eye um, on UCF because if if um, things hit the fan at Arkansas, could Gus go back home to Arkansas to coach there? That would be one to keep an eye on. But I think overall, if you look at the Big Twelve, Dave Aranda's in a weird situation, but. I like the stability of the coaches you have that you can build on going forward. Yeah. So that's what it is with the big 12. I just wanted to get into that topic. I think it's fun. It felt maybe a little helter skelter run around, but like there, there's something there with the big 12 both has the opportunity and has, 
frankly, a need to take advantage yeah. of being different in some way. And yeah. that that's all we were trying to hit on is like what different aspects of what the Big 12 is could be taken advantage of. Yeah. So make sure you uh, come back and check us out. Like, subscribe, hit all of that. Uh, give us your opinions. I mean, if you if you agree, if you would disagree with this, uh, let us know. I mean, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, but make sure you hit like and subscribe. We will be back next week. Um, it won't be on Monday as traditionally we want to come back later on in the week and kind of have time to review the national championship uh, and give our take on that. Uh, but make sure you hit like, subscribe, like I said. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the College Chaos Podcast. <laughs>